welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 6th of October 2013, entitled A Promised Rest. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Okay, if you'd like to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrew this evening, and we'll be taking a reading from Hebrews chapter 4. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word, beginning in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, where he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, we thank you again for our time together this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you now, Lord, as we look there that we have the promise of your Spirit that lives within us, Lord, that he can take and and give us understanding and take these words, Lord, and apply them to our hearts and not just our minds. So we pray that you would speak to each one this evening as only you can, that you would do the work that only you can do. We'll give you the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. The first verse there again says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it. Anybody ever feel like you need a rest? (laughs) You're just tired? (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that it's a natural thing that sometimes it's such a refreshing thing for us in this natural life, just to be able to rest. The toils, the labors, uh, some days it feels better than others. Uh, This afternoon it felt really especially good to Antonio. Uh, because he had got very little of it last night, thanks to uh, uh, to others, 
And so he really appreciated that rest this, this afternoon. And, uh, and, you know, that's the thing. That's a physical thing. But, of course, the, the main thing that's being spoken of here in this passage of Scripture is an eternal rest. Uh, you know, we need that physical rest day by day as we toil here. But both physically and spiritually as we toil through this life, uh, sometimes we get tired. Uh, and God gave us a great example even he himself, when he created everything that is in, in six days, and yet on the seventh day, he rested. Uh, well, there's a promised rest for you and I, and we read it in, in many of these verses that we have just looked at. And, of course, down in verse 9, it said, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Um, in this passage, in this verse, we're going to look primarily at verse 1 here. We have a wonderful, marvelous promise. But at the same time, right there in the same verse with the promise, we have, we have a clear warning uh, that he's given to, uh, to all those that, uh, that would read it. A possibility of coming up short. Uh, sometimes in this life we can come up short on a lot of things when we're you know, maybe on the right path and we're almost there, but we just come up a little bit short. Well, as we look at this this evening, I just want you to think on this thought of a promised rest. The first thing I want you to notice in this passage is those first four words there, let us therefore fear. I want you to note that there is a phobia that is needed. Most of the time we think of phobias as something that we don't want, something that we do everything that we possibly can to try to get rid of. It seems like that as days goes on, we, we hear more and more and more phobias all the time, and there's certainly plenty of them about. Well, what is a phobia? When we talk about somebody having a phobia, well, first of all, we would just simply recognize that it is a, it's a great fear. Uh, it's often a very uh, crippling fear. Uh, it can be referred to as a morbid fear. Uh, it's a fear that is persistent. It's not just something that uh, is there and gone, but it's, it's something that gets a hold of somebody and it, and it hangs on to them. And of course, in many cases, it's a fear of something that's even completely irrational. Uh, it doesn't even make sense because sometimes the fear is way out of proportion to the danger that exists. But of course, some phobias are real. Uh, some phobias, the danger that's being feared is very, very real indeed. And of course, we could, we could look at all kinds of examples. I guess some of the ones that we may have heard of are uh, like claustrophobia. Uh, somebody that has a, a great fear of, of, of space or of there being no space, of, of being closed in, if you would. They get in, a, in, in tight quarters and, and they, they have claustrophobia because there's an overwhelming fear that just grips them and gets a hold of them. Um, acrophobia, a fear of heights. Uh, some people just cannot, cannot stand heights. They, uh, they couldn't climb a ladder. They couldn't uh, walk to, a, to an upstairs window and look out. Uh, because there's this gripping fear of, of heights. Uh, arachnophobia. Have we got any arachnophobias here that uh, are afraid of spiders? Uh, some people have a tremendous fear. They just, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen people just absolutely, you know, go berserk because they saw a spider and just the, uh, uh, the fear that it, that it puts into them. Uh, as a matter of fact, you might find this list interesting. I just, you know, I just did a quick search, and I think I've got about to 13 pages here uh, that are all just pages and pages of all the different phobias 
that, uh, that people have. And it's pretty interesting when you look at, at all the things that people can be afraid of. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's also interesting when I stop and think that, yeah, I've met, uh, I've met some of these people personally as well. But, uh, but phobias are something that I guess that we all hear about and familiar with. And I, I hope that maybe you've not personally experienced it, but they're not enjoyable. Uh, they're not something that somebody usually wants. Uh, most people, if they've at least remotely on the same side of, of, of humanness, uh, they, they don't like to be afraid of things. Uh, of course, I, I, I remember hearing some of, uh, some, some, some of these young people present here this evening about, you know, how they, they, they love their horror movies and they like to, to be, to be scared. I mean, they'll sit there and hide their faces and scream, but at the same time, you know, they go back for more, you know, um, but, uh, but most of the time, it's not, uh, it's not uh, a natural thing to want to be afraid. But we have to keep in mind, there are cases where fear is a good thing. Uh, there are things that we want our children to be afraid of. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we go to the trouble to teach our children to be afraid of certain things. Uh, you know, they need to learn at a young age that if they, if they stick their finger in a fire, they're going to get burned. Um, I can remember one of the, uh, uh, I guess, first panic attacks that I had after uh, we started having children. They started walking was one day when we came out of the house and we were getting ready to load in the car and, and, and Gavin had just got to where he was. He was walking good enough to where he'd just, just take off, you know, to show that he could run. And, and all of a sudden he's headed straight for the busy highway that, uh, uh, that we lived on at that time. And I remember I just panicked and I went and I, I grabbed him and I spanked his little bottom and I, and I showed him that road. said, you never, ever, ever, you know, I think I was more afraid because, you know, of fearing for him and what could happen. But I wanted to teach him to be afraid of that road. Uh, what I'm saying is that most of the time, most of the time we try not to fear things, uh, but there are some things that when there's real danger that's present that we should be afraid of. And of course, there's only one way to deal with the phobia. And you know how, what that is? That's to remove that which the person's afraid of. Uh, and that really is whether that that danger is real or whether it's perceived. Uh, the fear is going to remain as long as that that real or that perceived danger remains there in front of them. And the only way to get rid of the phobia is to get rid of the danger. We're told in our text here, though, let us therefore fear. Let us therefore fear. The Bible is full of fear nots. Now, I don't know if you've read it or not. Have you ever heard the saying that uh, there's 365 fear nots in the Bible, one for every day of the year? Uh, one preacher went a bit further, said, though, there's 366. There's one for every day of the year, including leap year. Um, but if you count them, there's not 365 fear nots in the Bible. But if you do take all the times that we see fear not or do not be afraid, those, those combination of words that is teaching us not to fear, there's over a hundred of them at least in the Bible. But then you could really say that there is a fear not for every day if you take on top of that and if you start putting in all the passages that teach us how to trust in God, how not to be anxious, how not to worry, how these other things because that we have full trust in the Lord. You could find enough verses in the scriptures to teach you not to be afraid uh, surely every day. But we find that in our text, we're being called upon to fear. The Bible goes to great, great lengths to tell us not to fear, but then here, 
He's telling us to fear. And the word that's translated fear right there in your Bible, it comes from the word phobio. Guess what we get from phobio? Our word phobia that we're just talking about, that kind of gripping fear. Matter of fact, Strong's defines it as to put flight by terrifying, to, to scare something away. Uh, there's something what he's talking about here is being absolutely terrified of something, that deep gripping fear like we think of when we think of phobias. Now, what in the world? God goes to all this trouble, but keep this in mind because it's very important. All those fear knots that God gives us in the Bible are for the believers. They're for believers. They're not for the lost. They're not for those that are not part of God's family. They're for those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There are many, many, many fear knots. But here he's telling us to fear. Let us therefore fear. Have this terrifying, gripping fear, this, this phobia. You see, this is a phobia that is needed because God said that it is. God said, let us therefore fear. Let us therefore have this fear. Well, what in the world? Well, notice the next word, um, lest. Uh, in other words, let us therefore fear in case or let us therefore fear for for fear that, you know, the, the thing is, is that there's something there. Well, the truth is, is that he's telling us that there is a fear that is needed. There's a fear that we should have lest, what's the next word? A promise being left us. You see, we not only have a phobia that is needed, keeping that in mind, I want you to notice next at the same time that there is this phobia that is needed, the very next thing is a promise is being given, lest a promise being left us. God's given us a promise. This word here, being left us, it, it's, it's something that, that notice so many times that words, every word of God's word is so vital and so important. Well, this being left us, that's a right now. In other words, that's a, a, a present action. And it's also what we know as a passive voice verb. In other words, the subject is being acted upon in this action that is taking place here. So we find that it is something that can be claimed right now. It's something for the present. It's something that the individual is being made an offer. This is a promise for right now that's being offered to that God will act upon that, that individual. You see, God is the one that's making the promise, but God is the one standing there to perform the action to see that promise through. And it's a present right now for you and I promise that's being given to us. It's an active promise. Uh, it's being left for you and for me and for us. So on the one hand, we've got this, this, this phobia this terrified heart that he says that is something that's needed, let us therefore fear, lest a promise that's been left to us. Um, what does that promise provide for us? Okay, you got the phobia, you got the promise. Well, what, does, what is this promise that God's wanting us to fear, lest this promise that, has, that is left for us right now, let's notice the next words, of entering into his rest. That's the provision that can be entered to. That's the provision that is being given to you 
by this promise of God. God is the one that's talking about right now this rest that can be entered into. We find that this short word rest, but it's not just any rest because he says here of entering into whose rest? His rest. God's rest. Um, the word rest is real hard to understand. It means to cause to cease from one's labor, to restrain. Uh, you know, it's what we think of. When we think of resting, we're thinking about just cutting out the action, cutting out the doing, cutting out all those things. The rest in which we're restrained from our own works. When I read that, it made me think of something else. Well, I know that in the long term, he's talking about the rest that will be ours one day, that eternal rest. But I thought about that in relation to, yeah, but even here he's talking about entering into that rest. You know, the, 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 the getting that rest in the first place. And, and it reminded me of that great passage in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, we can't even work to enter into that rest. It's only by faith. It's only by trusting him. God's done everything that's needed for us to be able to enter in. Titus chapter 3, verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. God gets all the credit. God gets all the glory. God did all the work, and he gave it to you and I. You see, the Bible is clear where that this rest can be found. His rest can only be entered into by faith, <laughs> not by works, but by faith. We must trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he has accomplished, what he has done, and of course, we find in our passage that as he's writing to these Hebrews, to these Jews, some had already entered into this rest. He said there in verse 3, for we which have believed do enter into rest. How do you enter in? Well, we're supposed to, on the one hand, we're supposed to have this, this phobia, this great fear of what? Of this promise being left us of entering into his rest. We're this, you know, why are we afraid concerning this promise? He says here, we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's stuff that even I, I, I just, you know, I find it exciting. I can, I can, uh, I could just about enlarge my study in, in, in our house just by thinking on some of these things because I just want to explode. I just want, you know, God planned all this before the foundation of the world. Uh, you know, he's talking about here a rest that can be entered into, but he's the one that's got to do the acting. He's the one that's done all the work to get me there. None of my works can even get me into that rest. Jesus Christ has accomplished it all. The only way I can get in, the only way I can enter in is through trusting the work that Jesus did, trusting what he's accomplished for me. You see, it's a present tense offer 
to those who have not yet entered into his rest to enter in. Verse 11, he says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You see, the truth is, is that there was an awful lot of unbelief for them to, uh, to look back on. Um, when we first began there, uh, he said, let us therefore, well, you know, what is he talking about? Let us therefore fear. Why does he want us to fear therefore as a result of what? We'll look back up a few verses. He said in verse 16 of the previous chapter, for some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You know, there he was talking about an earthly promise of, of Canaan land. The, the Israelites didn't know the heavenly promise at that time. Uh, that wasn't their promise. It was an earthly promise. It was, it was a promise right here on earth to be fulfilled. But, of course, most of them never got to see that. <laughs> Why? Because of unbelief. You know, it's the same thing, folks. We can do all we want, but what he's showing us here, that eternal rest the same way. Let's not be guilty of falling into the same trap that the nation of Israel did when it was the earthly promise of Canaan and they end up dying in the wilderness and not entering in because of unbelief. That's what will keep us from entering into heaven. It's that only path. It's that path of belief. You see, the warning here is to that one that, that hasn't taken advantage of that wonderful promise, that offer that's being made that he will die outside of the place of rest. He can never know that rest because he can never enter into it. So this simple verse is telling us that there is, a, there is something that we ought to be terrified of. And that, that phobia is one that in case this promise that's been given to God, this promise, this active promise right now for you right here, that provides for entering into his rest. In case that's missed. You see, I want to give you a fourth thing. It's the phobia that is needed, the promise that was given, the provision to be entered, but there's a possibility to be avoided. <laughs> Notice the next words, lest any of you should seem to come short of it. Let us therefore fear. Lest a promise that's been left right now for you of entering into his rest, lest any of you should seem to come short of it. The possibility of coming short of that promise of entering into his rest, well, if there's anything in the world that you ever need to avoid, you need to avoid. If there's anything in the world that you ever need to fear, if there's any phobia 
that you need to have. It's the fear of missing that rest because of your unbelief. The words to come short suggest something else to us. If we're coming short of something, then it would normally mean that we're actually going in the right direction, <laughs> that we're somewhere along the way. We just haven't made it all the way. You see, there are many that are on that path. You know, they, they, they know their Bible. They know the verses. They've heard the gospel over and over and over. They've maybe prayed their prayers. They've done all these religious things. They know all the terminology, but they come short because they've never been to that place in their hearts when they genuinely see themselves in their sinfulness, humble themselves before God, and accept that forgiveness that only God can give because they trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ himself. So close, but yet coming up short, he said there, there ought to be this phobia, this great fear of missing out on this promise of entering into his rest, not just any rest, the rest of God. Don't come up short. There remaineth therefore a rest to who? To the people of God. That's the only ones that are there. There's only one way to avoid coming up short. That's to know with absolute assurance that you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, you can know that. Yes, it is. He talks later about the Word of God being a two-edged sword, and we see part of it right here. There ought to be a fear of missing it. But if we have entered in, if we've come by faith, if we are God's people, then we can have the greatest assurance and joy, just like we sing about there again, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We can sing from the very depths of our being, it is well with my soul. And that's what he's wanting for us here. He says to them there in verses 2 and 3 of our reading, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They heard the truth. They came up short. They, they heard the truth. They knew what they needed to do. There was not a, it was not a question of them not knowing the gospel, but he said it wasn't mixed with faith. They heard the same message, but in one's heart, they acted upon that in faith. The other one did not. You know that that happens in places all around the world, even as we gather here this evening, People sit under the same sermon in the same church. People listen to the same message. And in one heart, by faith, they act upon that. While the other heart, hearing the same truths, knowing the same facts, do absolutely nothing with it. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my wrath, my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. <laughs> you know, the thing is, there is no missing it. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work, the work has been accomplished. There's no way before the foundation of the world, God's done everything that's necessary for your salvation. 
But we find that there is a possibility, a serious possibility of coming up short. Oh, there's a promised rest here. (laughs) A rest like nothing you've ever, ever, ever known. A rest that can only be found in Jesus Christ. A rest that can be missed because of unbelief, just as the nation of Israel did from entering into Canaan. But a rest that you can count on with everything that's in you if you're God's people. It's there. It's promised. God's done it. You know that we don't need to be afraid if we're a believer. All those fear nots of the Bible are written to those that believe. But if we're not a true believer, I don't think you can be too afraid. (laughs) I don't think you can experience too much fear. Uh, Christians, even though that uh, the Word of God and the power of Spirit is is there, uh, I would choose by God that any fears in your life would be removed because God does have all the promises for you. He does have everything that you need. And you don't need to fear man. You don't need to fear this world or anything it can do to you. If you're in the palm of his hand, if you're in his hands, then there is no fears. But for the same token, for the unbeliever, I wouldn't choose to do anything to remove those fears. And that's hard sometimes when it's somebody you care about, somebody you love. We don't like to see them unhappy, afraid. And yet, they need to be afraid. They need, they need to have a, a terrifying fear of missing the rest that God has that can only be entered, entered into by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They ought to fear being left behind. There's coming a time in the not-too-distant future when Jesus is going to come. The trumpet is going to sound. That sky is going to be uh, uh, there awaiting our presence as he raptures us out of this earth. We go to be with him. Matthew 24, verses 42 to 44 says, Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. I believe that anybody anywhere that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, folks, we ought to want them to be afraid. We We ought to want them to be so afraid of being left behind when that trumpet sounds that they can't sleep at night. We ought to want them to be afraid that they will stand before God in final judgment one day. I know that's, that's hard to, it's hard for us to, to, to be able to, to take in and to cope with. Revelation 2015 says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life. You see, the unbeliever, the unbeliever should be absolutely terrified of all things of unbelief. (laughs) He should be absolutely terrified of the very thing that he is. 
of coming up short, of coming up short of this rest that God has promised. You know, Christians, unbelief on our part sometimes can cost us dearly. It can cost us some of the temporal rests that we could enjoy here upon this earth simply because we're not trusting as we ought to. The Bible teaches us that it's because of unbelief many times that our, our prayers aren't answered. It can cost us dearly, you know, even though that we may be saying the words we don't really believe in our heart. We can find that unbelief on the part of an individual that's never come to saving faith, though, the cost to them is eternal. It's expensive either way. But the Bible's simply telling us very clearly here that we should be absolutely terrified of coming up short, short of entering into the rest that is promised us in Jesus Christ. So if you're here as a believer this evening, oh, I want to remind you of the rest, that promised rest that is there for you. And that from what we've seen, there is absolutely nothing. God has planned it. God's done it. It was planned before he even started the work on this earth, before the foundation. That rest is yours because of Jesus and the work that he did. Jesus did the work, but you're going to get to share in the rest, in resting from that work. But I want to say to you here this evening, you know, I look out there and I, I know your faces. And as far as I know, each and every one of you, you're fine. You're ready to face God with your life. But I want you to know this evening, there is nothing more serious in all the world. I love you, and I wouldn't want to see you be afraid. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, if you don't know for certain, I hope that you're so scared you can't sleep tonight. The Bible talks about you need a phobia. You need a phobia of coming up short, of not having what's necessary to enter into that rest. And that's your faith in Jesus Christ. You see, I love you enough, and that's hard sometimes even when we look around, the people that we care the most about, we want to see them one, and yet it hurts us to see them hurt. I'm saying to you this evening, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, why would you want to take a chance? I don't if you know all the stuff, you've heard the message as many of these had, but if you've never, why would you want to take a chance on coming up short? You can come up short on a lot of things, but you don't want to come up short here, not of entering into his rest that he's worked for, that he's planned for, that he's accomplished for you. So let me just encourage you, you know, stop and think, and I hope you can't get it out of your mind. I hope you ponder on it, but Christians, I know sometimes you may, you may get tired, you may feel worn down. But the truth is, is that in Jesus Christ, you've got everything that you need. You've got a, an eternal rest that he's promised you'll be able to enter into. Just like going into the Canaan land, those that didn't believe couldn't enter in, but you have believed, you will enter in. Just be reminded that even though you're getting tired down here, sometimes you're going to have the greatest rest of your life, and it's going to be worth every bit of it. But we also need to recognize that there is a fear. There is little fear left in this world. You know what the Bible says, casteth out fear? Perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love comes in Jesus Christ. 
When you got Jesus, you don't need to fear anything. But without Jesus, you ought to be so afraid. You ought to be worse than any of those phobias on any of these 13 pages that, uh, that I've got right there. I mean, some of those people, I mean, men, they, they really, they get bent out of shape. They go, they, I mean, they just lose it because they're so fearful of those things. That's the way it ought to be if you're not sure that you're going to enter into his rest. You ought to have a fear greater than any of them. But I promise you there's absolutely nothing on all these pages that all these people are afraid of. There's nothing as serious as not entering into his rest, that promised rest that's there for every believer. Father, we thank you this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you for that wonderful promise that you've given to us. Lord, let it be a reminder to us this evening. Lord, I can see the outside, but you know the hearts of each one here this evening. Lord, you knew who would be here when you laid this message upon my heart. You knew who would be listening to it here, and maybe somebody that's listening to it later across the internet or whatever, but Lord, the truth is, is that there is a rest that has been promised, but that rest can only be entered by faith. It can only be entered by faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work. Lord, you finished the work for us. You planned it. You accomplished it. Even before the foundation of the world, you said, and court. Jesus Christ came to this earth to accomplish it for us. And I pray this evening that if there be one here that has never truly accepted Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, maybe they're so close. Maybe they've done a lot of religious things. Maybe they've done all kinds of things, but they've never quite entered in. I pray that you'd work in their hearts this evening. Help them, Lord. They don't have to go through another day. But, Lord, if they haven't entered in, Oh, they need to have this phobia. They need to be so afraid. They need to be absolutely mortified until they enter into that rest. Terrified of what? Of missing it, of coming up short. Because, Lord, if they come up short of that, they've come up short of everything. We ask these in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen and amen. Amen.